we have completed the first three chapters in the book of Romans. Now we'll take a break for the next two Sundays before we resume chapter four from the month of June. Today I would like to speak on mind sweep. Mind sweep. <clears throat> we regularly empty the recycle bin, our, bin in our computers. We regularly sweep our rooms. Even the door, even the roads, public roads are swept regularly. Navies of many countries have mine sweepers. Basically, it's a naval vessel that is designed to clear an area of mines. What about our mines? Our mines are littered with mines. Our mines are littered with mines. Is it possible to sweep our mines? If the answer is yes, then how do we sweep our minds? You know, we all know that we can renew and refresh our minds provided we are willing to do it. If I'm willing to renew my mind, God will always help us to renew our minds. Have you ever felt discouraged? Hopeless, depressed, overwhelmed. You know, in many cases, the reason behind the situation could be a harmless thought. Not a harmful thought, a harmless thought brings us, drives us to situations like this. When we don't know how to filter our thoughts, our harmless thoughts can become toxic in our lives. And the moment it becomes toxic, it affects us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. What we may consider as a harmless thought when we allow it to become toxic, it affects us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. <clears throat> so how, what do we mean by toxic thoughts? Toxic thoughts are thoughts that trigger negative and anxious emotions which produce biochemicals that cause the body stress. They are harmless thoughts but when it becomes toxic, they trigger negative and anxious emotions. Now, if we have understood that thoughts are only stored in our brain, we also need to know our thoughts are also stored in our bodies. I'm not getting into those details because every thought that comes into our brain, a photocopy of that, comes into our body. That's how our body gets affected. So these toxic thoughts are not only stored in our minds, they are also stored in the cells of our bodies. So toxic thoughts 
affect people of all age group doesn't matter what age you are in it affects people of all age group it affects people in every part of the world and it affects all of us every day whether we like to acknowledge it or not toxic thoughts affects us every day even something as small as a minor irritation can become toxic and that's the reason we need to sweep away these thoughts god has given us the ability to sweep away these thoughts if you study the latest research you go to harvard or any well known places they say 80% of physical emotional and mental health issues could be a direct result of our thought lives it's a high percentage 80% of our physical emotional and mental health issues could be a direct results of our thought lives we may like to accept it or not but that's the fact scientifically proven you go and do little studies on brain chemistry you know you will understand it has been proved conclusively the way we think we live but the good news is we all have hope because we can break this toxic cycle we all have the ability to break this toxic cycle in fact we can detoxify our mind you know nowadays people go for detoxif detoxification of their system you know they say the nutritionist said we have to do this we have to drink this and you do all that it's good but we can also de detoxify our minds how often do we detoxify our minds how often do we do that you know this is also clear till now i was talking about from the scientific point of view now we'll go back to the scripture this is also clear from the letter to the philippians you know paul writing to the philippians you know we consider this as the most outstanding new testament letter of joy because the word joy occurs in this letter for over 16 times so we all want to lead a joyful life none of us want to lead a depressing you know discouraging life we all want to lead a joyful life you know and this is the best letter that teaches us how to lead a joyful life paul says in philippians chapter 4 verses 8 and 9 finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about such things whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me put it into practice and the god of peace will be with you we always like to use the word shalom 
God of peace. We want to have peace. And Paul says, you will have not peace, you will have the God of peace. It is not peace. Earlier he will say, the peace of God that transcends all understanding will fill your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's what he will say earlier. But now he has said, finally, finally, this is important, finally, if you have forgotten to do everything, don't forget to do this. Your thought life matters. Then he says, the God of peace will be with you. If we can change our thought life, we can bring the God of peace we can, to live in us. God of peace to live in us. Now, today I want to speak about how to sweep our minds. You know, it's from the New Testament I gave this reference, but I would like to go back and to speak on this from the story of Joseph. You know, because this is the beginning. You know, everything we need is in the beginning itself. In the book of Genesis, we have enough things to learn. And too often, we don't pay much attention to the stories. We just look at them as stories. Now, Joseph is an ideal story or the way to live how we can fulfill God's destiny in our lives, how we can accomplish God's destiny for our lives just by cooperating with God. Joseph's story is an extraordinary story. But for, to accomplish, to do that, to fulfill God's design for your lives, we all need to sweep our mind of toxic thoughts. I'm not going to tell the story of Joseph. I presume all of us are very familiar with the story of Joseph. So assuming that, I'll just get into a few references. Genesis 41, 41 says, So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. You know, we all want to come to this place. God, give me what you have for me. I will make you the prime minister of the country. We want that. But we fail to realize that God, you know, this happens at the age of 30. At the age of 30, Joseph didn't go to Harvard School of Management or Indian Institute of Management. He didn't go to any management schools. But God put him through a very intensive, practical and experience-oriented training. He put him through. God never gives you assignments without training you. He gives us assignments after putting us through a rigorous schedule. Higher the calling, higher the tougher will be the preparation. Tougher will be the training schedule. No one gives you a toughest assignment without training you first. Even in the worldly organizations, unless you go through the toughest training, you will not be given toughest tasks. Now, this began in Potiphar's house. We all know the story. Joseph was being trained in Potiphar's house, you know, where he managed all his affairs. He had to manage only a small household. 
and the bible says the lord was with him in all he did okay he did exceedingly well in potiphar's place but then he comes to dungeon he comes to prison and even in prison the bible says god the lord was with him and he did everything exceedingly well and only after putting him through this training 13 years later god made him in charge of the whole land of egypt god's plan for joseph was on schedule he knew god knew the plan that he had kept for joseph he knows the plan he has for you and me it is on schedule provided we cooperate with god we can delay by not cooperating with god but if we cooperate with god if we are truthful in potiphar's house if we are true and we are sincere in the prison god's plan for us will happen at the right time you know god's training for each one of us is tailor made don't look at others each one god's training for each one is tailor made it's not a classroom training where 100 people come and god gives you a training god takes each one of us through a unique life journey filled with unique experiences and challenges only you can face only i can face in my journey if you understand that and if you cooperate with god god's plan will happen at the right time because joseph passed each test we need to pass each test that's important it is not that god will make us prime minister of egypt and he will try us no no god is trying him right at potiphar's house he passed the test not only joseph passed each test he learned from each experience in life we have bitter experience we fail we are human beings we fail but we need to learn from our experiences we are not perfect people only religious people are perfect gospel centered people they fall they rise seven times they fall but still they'll rise up so we need to learn from each experience and he learned to trust god more potiphar's house he learned to trust god more when he came to prison he learned to trust god all the more the more the difficult situation that you are facing learn to trust god more and more and when he was ready god opened the door of opportunity we all want the door of opportunity without passing each test without learning from our experience without learning to trust god more we all want opportunities god will give you the opportunity at the right time provided today wherever god has placed you in that situation we need to come out well in god's eyes that's the difference you know what happened in king saul's life when he became king you know he couldn't handle the power and prestige 
but in joseph's life from prison he becomes prime minister and you see how well he handles that position at the age of 30 at the age of 30 he becomes the prime minister of the largest country a powerful nation and he knew how to handle the prestige and power because god had prepared him and he cooperated with god so when we look back those 13 years at the age of 17 he had a dream and at the age of you know then his brothers they sell him to the midianites and at the age of 30 he becomes the prime minister of a great big nation and if we look back at those 13 years we can learn some useful lessons from the life of joseph the first principle that we can learn is lengthy afflictions need not discourage us lengthy afflictions need not discourage us sometimes god takes us through a long journey you know it's nice to sing sorrows in the night and joy in the morning but that the difference between that night and the day is almost years so it doesn't happen like a 24 hour cycle you know we get up in the morning there'll be sunrise so our problems are gone no it it takes years sometimes decades but it doesn't discourage us when god is with us we need not be discouraged by afflictions you need not tell yourself there's something wrong with you sometimes god takes us through difficult journey there was nothing wrong with joseph in fact if somebody had to be rewarded it was joseph who had to be rewarded nothing wrong with joseph but god took him through that journey 13 long years before he could even shave that was his condition but just because we are facing afflictions we need not be discouraged you know discouragement comes from devil fear comes from devil disappointment we will face but we will not fear because you know if you if you study more about uh, epigenetics the way our brain functions and you will realize you know the even the scientists they classify the thought process into two categories love fear it is under fear they will bring depression discouragement all those things will come under fear that's why the bible in bible you keep reading do not fear be bold and courageous god has not given you a spirit of timidity but of love that's what they are telling there's nothing new but they are only confirming what the bible always has said so this 13 years of nightmare imagine sleeping in the dungeon oh when will this end because he has not committed a crime in potiphar's house if somebody knows that he did not commit a sin that's god god knew that joseph did not commit a sin in potiphar's house and here he is sleeping in the dungeon oh god you are all powerful god i didn't commit any sin you are a righteous judge oh god will my deliverance come tomorrow 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 13 long years he would have been frustrated separated from his family he would have been frustrated but from joseph life 
if we learn something that Joseph was a man who lived far above his circumstances. If you allow your circumstances to overwhelm you, it will be difficult. We need to learn to live above our circumstances. Circumstances, we are not in control of our circumstances, but God is in control. Job is a classical example of what happened in Job's life. We need to learn to live above circumstances, and Joseph lived like that. Now, the second thing that we can learn from Joseph's life is bad memories need not defeat us. Bad memories need not defeat us. Joseph dealt with his bad memories. You know, when I say bad memories, we may not forget, but we need to deal with our bad memories. And the good news is we all are equipped to detox our negative thoughts. We all, everyone in this place is equipped to detox our negative thoughts so that you can enjoy good health physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Now, Joseph swept his mind of negative thoughts or bad memories. From the book of Genesis, we can understand and study, you know, Joseph, he first, he swept his mind. He made his mind clean. How do we know that? In Genesis chapter 41, 50 and 52, before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asinath, daughter of Potiphar, priest of old. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Why does the writer add all these details? He wants us to know that Joseph had only one wife, Asinath. Because in the culture in which he lived, polygamy was prevalent and he, the writer wants to make it very clear he had only one wife and two sons. And then not only that, the writer is also telling us he named his firstborn Manasseh. Now, in, it comes from the Hebrew word Nasa. And if you see the meaning of the word Nasa, he says to forget. Now the first son he names has Manasseh. You know, he says, God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. It is not that he didn't have problem in his household. He had problem there itself. All through his life, he had problem. He had a lot of problems. He had problems with his brothers. All were bullies. They bullied him. So he says, God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. You know, when, God, when Joseph looked at Manasseh, he says, God has manasseh me. 
He has made me forget all my trouble. He has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. You know, it is not that when he says God has made me forget, it is not that he has forgotten his brothers. He says he, God has taken away the hurt from our memories. He says the hurt from our memories. You know, sometimes preachers say you should forget. How can you forget? Something bad has happened to you. You can never forget. You can never forget that incident. It is, it's a bad. It's terrible. How can you forget? But what the Bible teaches us is to take the sting out of the memory. You don't forget the incident, but you forget the hurt that is associated with that memory. If he has forgotten his brothers, he will not even recognize them. We know the story. He was able to recognize. He remembered all the details. He has not forgotten his father or his brothers. He has not forgotten that. When he says that God has made me forget all my trouble, we all go through painful memories. We have faced painful situations. It is etched in our memory. So how to sweep our mind? God has manased me. God has taken the sting out of that memory. That's, that's, we all are capable of doing that. And God is teaching us right from the story of Joseph. First, sweep your memory. Keep your mind clean. Then, the second son he names Ephraim. You know, if you read the footnote for the name Ephraim, the Bible says, twice fruitful. God has made me twice fruitful. Not once, twice fruitful. Even in Job's life, we can always see how God restored. In the same way, if God has ephrayed me, God has blessed me, beyond measure in a place I can never expect. Because Egypt is not a conducive place for Joseph to prosper. Wherever God takes you, I don't want to name any country, wherever God takes you, God is able to bless you. To make you an Ephraim. God will Ephraim you in that place. Wherever God takes you. It can be a desert. It can be a mountain top. It can be a fertile country. It can be a dry country. When God takes you, he will make you twice fruitful. That's what we learn. And he says, God has blessed me beyond measure in a place that is supposed to bring only suffering. Joseph didn't expect to live prosperously in Egypt. He did. But God did that. And in both the places, he says, it is because God has made me forget. Then he says, when he was blessed, it is because God has made me fruitful. He always associated his life with God. God was not a distant God. Every time he saw Manasseh, 
he remembered god god has made me forget all my troubles every time he saw the blessing when he saw ephraim he said god has blessed me how many of us can say that from where we are and where from where we have come now how many of us can say that god has ephraimed me god has blessed me i was nothing but if at all i'm here god has blessed me how many of us can say every time you see a blessing that you say that god has blessed me that's these are the important lessons we learn from the life of joseph god has manasaid me none of us seated here have had a smooth upbringing none of us we all have gone through pain we all have gone through setbacks we have faced setbacks we have faced disappointments we have faced terrible losses in our life but have you given birth to manase and said as god has made me forget all my troubles can you come to your place and say your god has enabled you to give birth to manase can you look at your blessings and say God has ephraimed me God has made me twice fruitful When you have a Manasseh and Ephraim you don't have we don't have to say worship God we don't have to say be faith thankful to God thankfulness will spring from the bottom of our hearts If you have a Manasseh and Ephraim in your life you don't have to teach people let's worship god worship will come on its own when you see manase and ephraim in your life you know joseph gave his children names that would reveal his humble attitude before his god tagging these boys with reminders of god's activity in his life you know his names he gives his names you know and he says god help me to forget all the struggles i went through every time he he cannot say ephraim don't come before me manase don't come before me but every time they came it was an opportunity oh god how great you are how great you are and he has detoxified his mind that's very important you know where in joseph situation the easiest thing you and i could do is take revenge god has established us god has blessed us now is the opportune time to take revenge on his brothers both reuben simeon dan and now he can also take revenge against mrs potiphar not only mrs potiphar mr potiphar also he is bigger than them this he is at a place where he can take revenge but god has manasaid him when god manasaids us we will not carry the desire to take revenge he has removed the bitterness out of his mind you know people have really dealt with joseph we don't have to be christians go and tell the story to anyone in this world this is how they dealt with the small boy they'll all say these brothers have to be punished 
they don't deserve mercy these brothers have to be punished because they have done evil what mrs fortifer did to joseph was evil but god has mana said him because god has mana said him he was able to bless them the third principle that we can learn from this is great blessings need not call disqualify us from service god's blessings when god blesses us that does not disqualify us from service i am looking for in this community god will raise up business people from this community who will operate on god's principles i encourage people go and start a company of your own why not why not our god is not against our becoming prosperous our god is only against our hoarding mentality holding on to all the riches that we get are becoming legalistic you know god is against that mentality god wants us to be generous people i want god to bless each and every one in this community let god use your talents multiply your talents when god multiplies when god blesses you you will be able to reach out to people to whom i have no access so we should never think that because you know there's something wrong with the blessings there's nothing wrong with the blessings let god bless you but when god blesses you be careful to tell god has given me ephraim god has made me twice fruitful not me not my ability not my efforts but god has given me that ephraim you know we should be able to bless each other in this community let god bless people in this community god has brought you into this place to bless you to prosper you there's nothing wrong it's my prayer god will raise up great people from this place a business community from this place and i told brother ramesh why don't you start a restaurant that's what i said if you have talent go do something let god bless you now i'm not telling him today to start that i say that is that is my why i am trying to say is whatever talents god has blessed you with go and do that there's nothing wrong nothing wrong i i know very well god has brought us to this community to establish you in different places that's what god did with joseph he blessed him there's nothing wrong but whenever god blesses you remember to always practice unselfish generosity god gives us blessings so that we can be a blessing unto others now we need to remember with authority comes the need for accountability with authority comes the need for accountability whenever god prospers us we should always be accountable with popularity comes the need for humility and with prosperity comes the need for integrity these three are essential with authority comes the need for accountability with popularity comes the need for humility with prosperity comes the need for integrity 
and Joseph passed all these three tests with flying colors. Now, we have studied the story of Joseph. What about our story? Each one of our story. You know, the, what, what, the, what are the natural tendencies we have in us? What are the natural tendencies we have in us? How you would have reacted if you were put in dungeon for, for no fault of yours? You are so honest, so truthful. For example, you are laid off from your job. You worked hard. You did everything well, but you have been laid off. What will be your thought process? The the first thing we do is we respond negatively rather than positively. We respond negatively rather than positively. Whenever we face unexpected changes, challenges, the first thought that comes to our mind will be negative. It will never be positive. In all through Joseph's story, you will not see a negative statement coming out of his mouth. Ne not even one negative statement coming out of his mouth. If there was someone who is entitled to question God, it was Joseph. Joseph didn't ask for a dream. God gave him a dream. He didn't ask for a dream. But he never questioned God. When we also face our situations, we, our society teaches us to always pass negative comments. We have got used to it. I have got used to it. We all pass negative comments. When Joseph's case, he didn't utter anything negative. Second, we tend to view problems horizontally rather than vertically. We compare our situations with others or we expect help from others and if it doesn't come, we are disappointed. Now when Joseph named his children as Manasseh and Ephraim, he was linking with God vertically. He was always viewing his life from vertical point, from vertical aspect. You know, for us, it's always horizontal. People have disappointed us. People have cheated us. People have misbehaved with us. People have hurt us. People have accused us. Immediately, we develop negative mentality. But for Joseph, it's always vertically. God is with me. The problem is, when we have a negative mentality, that will only become stronger. Today, if you have a negative thought, today, if you have a negative thought, tomorrow morning, your negative thought will only become all the more stronger. Because you are given 24 hours for the thought to become stronger. Today, if you have a self-defeating 
discouraging thought in your life, tomorrow you are not going to get up fully refreshed. Because you are given 24 hours more, you will be all the more negative. You know, there are some people, you go to them, you will never be encouraged. Your problem will be little, they'll blow it up so big, because all through their lives, that's what they have done. They will never speak a word of hope into your life. I don't know how many of us will have that kind of courage to say. How many of us are battling in our mind with our thoughts? How many of us? I don't want you to lift your hand. How many of us are really struggling? That's why Joyce Mayer writes, the battlefield of the mind. You know, we have, the mind is littered with minds. It's only a matter of time before the minds explode. So today, if you have those negative thoughts, the older you become, the more negative you will become. Joseph was, let's just compare the life of Joseph and Jacob. Okay, J Joseph was only 30 years old. He has learned to deal with his negative thoughts. So he named his children Manasseh and Ephraim. Jacob was well past 100 years. Jacob did not take care to deal with his negative thoughts. So let's just see the example. When his children, there was famine in Judah, so they went to Egypt, and all the brothers, they came back except for Simeon. So Joseph recognized them. He said, Simeon will be here. First go and bring Benjamin. Then I will release Joseph. Now let's see how Jacob reacts in Genesis chapter 42, 36 to 38. Their father, Jacob, said to them, you have deprived me of my children. He had no food to eat and these sons have brought food. Not only food, money also back. And see his reaction, you have deprived me of my children. No word of appreciation. No word of saying God is still with us. God is doing something. Let's try to discern that. Joseph is no more. And Simeon is no more. And now you want to take Benjamin. Everything is against me. Then Reuben said to his father, You may put, you may put both of my sons to death if I do not bring him back to you. Entrust him to my care and I will bring him back. But Jacob said, my son will not go down there with you. What he said? His brother is dead. His brother is dead and he is the only one left. If harm comes to him on the journey you are taking, you will bring my grey head down to the grave in sorrow. I don't know how Reuben would have felt. You know, he says, his brother is dead. See the way he is differentiated. When we are negative, this is the way we will react in our relationships. When we are negative, we can never be fair. So the way Jacob reacted, old man, 
he has stored lot of bitter memories in his mind he has never manased he has never given birth to a manase god wants you and me to give birth to a manase today to say that god has helped me to forget all my troubles all my bad memories i am not saying you forget god has helped me to take the sting out of my bad memories when we say god has helped me to forget all my memories god is not saying that you know you can wipe your slate clean because we can never forget things we will always remember but to take the sting out of those bad memories jacob was not able to see god's provision in this case did he ever say how come somebody in egypt has been so kind to you why should he give us food also and return his money why he didn't kill you on the spot if he has suspected you as spies why didn't he kill you oh god is doing something god is able much more than what we can think joseph jacob did not react like that mind filled with bitter memories cannot see god's hand so it's important for us this morning to manase our mind so how do we apply this message <clears throat> it is important we all deal with our minds it is important god expects us the story of joseph is there in the bible to teach us how to deal with negative thoughts if you don't know how to deal with your negative thoughts you will always live with negative emotions when you live with your negative emotions you will only display negative attitudes like jacob did and if you live like that if we if i live like that it will affect my health it will affect my sleep it will affect my peace it will affect everything in my life i can keep praying 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 but god says will you please give birth to manase i can keep praying praying god why i am suffering why this pain why this lack of sleep god says please give birth to manase when you give birth to manase god says i'll give you ephraim you don't have to produce a ephraim i will give you a ephraim i will make you twice fruitful are you ready are you ready the first thing we need to do is we need to recognize and admit our negative mentality you know the previous sunday i think last sunday in the tamil service we heard that you know god told adam and eve you can eat from all the trees from all the trees but you should not eat only from one tree see the negative mentality positive mentality when satan came and asked did god asked you not to eat they could have said god asked us to eat from all the trees they said god asked us not to eat from one tree see if they had been positive we have so many trees why bother about that one tree god didn't say you eat only from one tree not from all other trees there are so many trees even one day if you eat from one tree it's not enough we can 
go on, keep on eating. But only that negative mentality, only what you lack, the mind always focuses only on what you lack. Will we recognize that is our attitude? That is our mentality. And God expects us to be positive. Positive how? Give birth to your manase. That's the only way. The second thing we need to learn is to learn to look at all our problems and situations from God's perspective. If you look at what others will say, what the society will say, you know, you will always be running after the people only. But if you look from God's perspective, even things which are against you, even things that are harmful to you, God will turn it to your advantage. That's what Romans 8.28 says, you know, for we know that God will turn, for those who believe in God, everything he will make it for your good, your good. Even the evil things that happens in your life, if you go to back to God, God will turn it to your good. So we need to look at our situation from God's perspective. Today, if you are going through a difficult situation, today, if you are going through a struggle, remember, God knows your situation very well than you know about your own situation. Ask God, God, give me a Manasseh. God, give me a Ephraim. I need a Manasseh in my life. When Manasseh, when you give birth to Manasseh, God will bless you with Ephraim. Remember, we are only human beings. Whenever you look at your situation from God's perspective, the first thing that will come to your mind is, I am a human being, I am limited, my situations and circumstances are not in my control. But God, in whom I believe, is above my situations, above my circumstances. Learn to deal with minor irritations, minor disappointments. Learn to filter these thoughts. Learn to take away the sting out of this memory. You know, when you associate with any person, the first thing that will come to your mind is the bad things. Take away the sting out of the memory. Take away the sting. Let there be a Manasseh and Ephraim in all our lives. We'll be able to have a Manasseh and Ephraim when we know we are only human. Shall we sing that song? We are only human. We are not in control of every situation in our lives. Shall we all sing this song prayerfully and say, God, you are in control of everything.